Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Friday, May 20th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Pent-up inflation could be the next thing to drive up costs even higher. Customers have largely been shielded from the full brunt of expenses that producers, distributors, and small businesses have faced. Especially in the restaurant industry, they have been hesitant to raise prices too much. But as their costs increase, something has got to give. Case in point, a Mississippi restaurant had to start listing their order of 15 chicken wings as market price. At its highest, an order cost $28, but the true cost was closer to $34. Amy Yee, reporter at Bloomberg News, joined us for why even higher prices could still be on their way. Next, many have already cast ballots in primaries across the country as we start getting closer to the midterm elections. But what are the key issues that people will be voting on? Inflation and the economy continue to be top of mind. But other issues like abortion have vaulted to the top after the leaked draft Supreme Court opinion signaling it would overturn Roe v. Wade. Crime and parental rights and education have also been seized upon by Republicans as top issues for them. Mariana Sotomayor, congressional reporter at The Washington Post, joins us for the top items voters will consider. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Clearly, you have issues in food costs. Uh, our raw materials are going up uh, the fastest rate I've seen it in my experience in the whole industry. Uh, and, you know, we look at our chicken prices. We're up almost 100 percent. At one point, joining us now is Amy Yee, reporter at Bloomberg News. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about inflation. Obviously, it's on everybody's minds right now. Higher prices are still up there. It seems like they're not going to really be coming down anytime soon. Enter the latest article that you wrote, pent-up inflation is going to be driving costs even higher. So we'll get into all of this, but I did want to start off with the story where the headline really catches your eye. Chicken wings for $34. And uh, you see something like that and you're thinking like, wow, I've never seen something so high. So let's start off with this example and then kind of go back into the reasonings of all this. This inflation is hitting consumers and then the producers and, and small businesses differently. And you start off the story by talking about a restaurateur, an o- a restaurant owner, who is listing their chicken wings at market price just because the prices are so volatile right now. So, so tell us about that example. That's right. That was a restaurant owner in Jackson, Mississippi. And the price of chicken wings, that means his cost when he's buying it wholesale, it just skyrocketed last year. So normally those, that plate of hot wings, it's like 15 wings, wouldn't cost like $15. 
And when his cost for chicken went up, he had to price it almost at 30. It was probably $28. But that was actually lower than his real cost. His real cost was closer to $34, but they don't want to price it at the real cost because right. you know, $34 for chicken wings is a lot. Yeah, $30 no. is a lot. But yeah, So they were actually giving the customer a little break there. Yeah, nobody's going to go for something like that, especially if you're a regular, right, and you're just seeing how crazy the price is. But, you know, at that point, each wing is $2, uh, and that's pretty insane. There at the restaurant, they're even toying with the idea, let's just take it off the menu because of that's the, right. the cost and the margins are so thin. Okay, so now let's talk about some of the reasonings. Uh, we look at the consumer price index as a, a measure for inflation for us, for the consumer. But there's the producer price index, which is a slightly different number, and that's been ticking up. And in the example that you just gave of the restaurant, we've been shielded from those true costs right now because businesses don't want to put prices so high that people aren't buying things. And this is kind of what's coming up next. That's right. So the origins of this story was that last year, even last fall, when I was talking to restaurant owners about their costs for buying things like cooking oil, chicken, flour, broccoli, very basic things, their costs were already up 100%, sometimes 200%, sometimes more. Um, I mean, it ranged. But um, that was what I was hearing. Even in October, it got worse through the winter. Those were their soaring costs even before this latest surge of inflation that consumers really see at the gas pump. So they were already um, operating on skyrocketing costs. And now in the last four or five months, fuel prices, as we know, when you go to the gas pump, it's much higher. The producers' costs have have, um, increased as well. You know, the farmers need to pay for fuel. They have fertilizer shortages. They're growing less. We also have avian flu that has killed about 10% of the U.S. chickens. And that's only been recently. So, you know, we have a backlog of inflation that started that I was hearing about in the fall and then compounded with even more factors recently. So, you know, what we're seeing now with prices that are a bit higher at the supermarket or restaurants, 7%, that's the average menu price increase. It's actually much higher and it's probably going to go up more. Right, exactly. And, you know, you're talking about some of these jumps. The eggs surged 220% for some of these on the wholesale side of things, right? And so, uh, as you mentioned, the things kind of just keep trickling down. So why is it that, you know, in this, that we're hitting this delay right now? Obviously, I know you're you're pointing to all these things, but if you can put it together for us, we're looking at something that could start happening in the coming months. As these things keep ticking up for producers, that's going to change that consumer price index. And, you know, they're already so high right now, can't imagine it going more, but this is the worry that it's going to push it up in the next few months. So last year, we were experiencing supply chain issues. So that's the buzzword of the year, supply chain. Things were backlogged from ports, goods getting off of docks. Um, There weren't enough workers. You know, this is during COVID. So you had a labor shortage with just not enough workers to even drive things. There's a shortage of truck drivers. That's the part of the supply chain we don't see. They're driving things like food and other ingredients from warehouses to um, stores and restaurants. There's a labor shortage. So those were all factors from last year um, when we were um, 
seeing a shutdown during COVID. And then uh, demand from consumers spiked for different things as, you know, they were they were doing shopping online or whatnot. So actually demand then also increased, you know, when when things um, started getting better, improving when we were coming out of the lockdown. So there was already a backlog from the supply chain. And then plus all these other issues just at the producer level connected to that supply chain shortage was fertilizer. So, you know, shortage of, of fertilizer being manufactured and then, you know, shipped to farmers who need it to grow. And then lately there's been, especially in the U.S., there's been terrible weather, drought and dry weather. Um, wheat supplies, wheat production is probably going to go down. Yeah, um, and that's just, just in the last few months. It's just so hard to catch back up, you know, after being down yeah. so long. And so when we look at solutions, these are the things that are vexing economists and, uh, you know, the administration, obviously. But when we're looking at solutions, what are they planning? What are they trying to do? It's very tough because you will hear lots about trying to raise interest rates from the Fed. So they're, they're trying to slow down demand from consumers, but people still need to eat. And uh, it's hard to get around a demand for flour. You're needed for bread, you need it for pizza, like right, pizza yeah. dough, everything. So uh, in the past, there may have been some kinds of substitutes, but now there are pressures across the board for all kinds of things that you might have used to, like, let's say, offset a price hike in wheat. So the Fed is trying to tamp down demand with increasing interest rates, but they can't help with growing wheat or raising chickens. So demand might slow down as prices increase, but there's a fundamental problem with supply. Amy Yee, reporter at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The fact that the Republican Party in the Senate has been so adamant in taking away women's rights, they will pay the price at the polls in the in 2022. Joining us now is Mariana Sotomayor, congressional reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us, Mariana. Thanks for having me. Well, the midterms are quickly approaching. I, we're going through some primaries already, and uh, we'll start getting some results and see how that's going to shape up what's going to happen in November. But just wanted to get a quick touch base on the key issues that are going on. Obviously, chief among them is the economy, inflation. People are concerned about their groceries, high gas prices, energy costs at their homes. That's kind of the top concern, but abortion has been vaulted up through the top there. You know, education continues to be a big thing, crime. So, Mariana, let's let's walk through some of the big key issues. Let's start with inflation in the economy. Like you said, that is one that both Republicans, Democrats, and voters that myself and, and colleagues have been able to talk to say is top of mind. I mean, filling up your gas tank and seeing those higher prices, going to the grocery store, not to mention right now a supply chain issue, which is a baby formula shortage, right? So a lot of things affecting the economy, a lot of very evident things affecting people's day-to-day life. And it has made it tricky for Democrats who right now control all levels of power to be able to tell the American people, hey, we're working on things. They are trying to pass legislation, especially in the House, where you easily have a majority to get things through compared to the Senate. They're trying to tackle a number of bills, including ones that they argue, you know, we're look, this is evidence that we're trying to make other parts of your life more affordable, like prescription drugs and some other things that are likely going to come down the line, including today on baby formula. So that's something what Democrats are trying to do. But a lot of voters are saying, okay, but where's the immediate relief? And that is something that benefits a lot of Republicans in their argument that, look, we as a Republican Party can tackle the economy, can tackle immigration, totally different issue, education, a number of things. And and polls have shown that a lot of voters think Republicans are likely to handle those issues better. Abortion, right? So that just happened not too long ago when uh, Politico published this draft opinion saying looks like they're going to be overturning Roe v. Wade. How does this look for Republicans and Democrats uh, politically? This could put some enthusiasm behind Democrats. And so how are Republicans tackling this issue? So, you know, I've always asked House Republican members and aides in private conversations since last year, it looks like this is the perfect atmosphere for them to regain the majority. My question always been, you know, what are the things that keep you up at night? And something that I've heard again since last year from Republicans has been whatever the outcome is by the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade. And, you know, this is absolutely an issue that has motivated Republican voters as well. It is not something that if the draft ends up being the decision, that doesn't mean that Republicans also won't be enthused to turn out. But it gives Democrats a reason and serve as a reminder that a number of things are at stake. Right now, the Democratic enthusiasm has been pretty low, and polls have also shown that as well. And there's a number of reasons for that, right? You have the low poll numbers for Biden, but also they've been watching the Democratic Congress for the last year not be able to pass a number of priorities for the party and promises that a lot of these members have been campaigning on for several years now. So there hasn't been that enthusiasm. But 
you have seen a lot of Senate and also vulnerable House Democrats making the argument to their base and saying, look, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, that's just the start of a number of rights that should be yours that Republicans are just going to take away. And that's something that is is motivating the base. We've seen a lot of them already even this past weekend in New York and D.C., they are more liberal cities, but a lot of people coming out and turning out to just march and say, you know, we're going to try and do everything possible to make sure Democrats can still keep the majority. Whether that holds till November is the question. Crime is an, uh, an increasingly more important topic as we start getting closer to the midterms. And, you know, we're seeing rising crime in a lot of big major cities. Republicans are seizing on that. We heard the, the you know, a defund the police. That mantra has gone away for the most part, it seems like. But still, this is one that Republicans are definitely seizing on. Republicans, at least, are trying to say defund the police and remind that that is a Democratic slogan as often as possible, regardless of what issue they're talking about. They try and squeeze that phrase in. And it is a slogan that worked for them during the 2020 election, right after George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, we did see a lot of protests and marches in defense of black lives. Republicans were saying, hey, we should be thinking about the police as well. And that defund the police slogan helping them then to actually carry a number of seats that they weren't even expecting to actually flip from Democrats. And the Democratic Party has been trying to combat that slogan as well and and really making a bigger effort, both by President Biden and also individual Democrats in the House on their own campaign saying, I personally don't believe in that to try and combat The fact that, yes, there is rising crime in many different places across the country. And this week alone, a number of House Democrats trying to push leadership to hold a number of votes that would help keep police departments funded, give those resources to police officers so that they can go back on the campaign trail and say, look, I voted on something like this. I am not for defunding the police, but it is an uphill battle for Democrats for sure. Another one of the big issues that is uh, coming up is education and uh, sexual identity in, you know, in in the school setting. This issue is being framed as parental rights, you know, giving parents more say in what is taught to their kids. And this is an issue that Republicans, again, are seizing on something where Democrats usually traditionally, I guess you can say, had the the high ground when it came to education. But things are being uh, flipped on them now when you put it in this context of parental rights. Republicans really seizing again on parental rights, just trying to frame a lot of these things through the lens of, well, parents have a say, especially when it comes to younger kids. And it works for them in Virginia in the gubernatorial race last year, where Glenn Youngkin, now the governor, really made that an issue. It's also worth pointing out, he also did not try and embrace the extremisms of Trump. And that kind of helped a that would seem to be the formula to appeal to more independent voters and and more moderate Republicans. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of Republicans, especially in states like Florida, for example, where you've seen Ron DeSantis, the governor there, pass that don't say gay legislation. And they say when you talk to parents about what is actually in this legislation, which is we're not teachers aren't supposed to talk about or teach any kind of sexual identity to children who are between the ages of three to eight in schools. 
they say that parents are, they're like, okay, I see what you mean. I wouldn't want necessarily things being taught in that way. So that's how Republicans are trying to approach it. Explaining a lot of this legislation beyond the slogan, which is interesting because yeah. Democrats are actually trying to do the same, but with defund the police. Yeah, the education one is a, an interesting one. There's been some polls, there's an NPR poll done very recently where, you know, a lot of parents said a lot of these conversations are kind of background noise, right? Some of the minority, but very vocal minority is really making this a, a big issue. But for the most part, parents are generally yeah. happy with what's going on in their local schools because, you know, they know the teachers and, and it's a very local community. So that's an interesting one there for sure. And obviously, you you talk about critical race theory, something that is by and large not taught in schools. It's a college level thing. But again, it's kind of become this proxy for a variety of these education issues. So just an interesting look there. And, and then just finally to end this all off, right, some of the other big things, right, we're still looking at the war in Ukraine. We're still looking at the, the pandemic. The pandemic is kind of dropping down on the on the list of priorities, it seems like. Good marks for President Biden on Ukraine. But again, these, these are all the things that are lagging on the economic side, uh, you know, making us lag there. So they're all still related there. Absolutely. And, you know, one more issue that especially this week has kind of bubbled up is also immigration that kind of falls into the crime bucket as well. As Republicans talk about how the lack of border security, allowing a lot of these immigrants to come through the country, you know, that also allows cartels to bring in drugs. But there's also been this conversation and a spotlight on Republicans after the shooting that we saw in Buffalo, which was racially motivated. The shooter there talking about the great replacement theory, which is something that essentially suggests that the government is trying to allow a number of immigrants to come into the country to kind of eliminate white thinking. And, and that perspective is much more among white supremacists. But Republicans have been stoking at that. And some in leadership, especially on the House side, have also been alluding to that, essentially saying, you know, Democrats are the party of open borders because they want these immigrants to come in and try and kind of overrun Republican voices and Republican voters. So immigration also playing a role here, being another issue that we don't know how it's going to sway voters at all if they're not set on their Democratic or Republican views. But we'll see. All these issues definitely going to be playing out in the next couple of months before the general election. Totally. And the narrative changes the closer we get to it. It's all very fast moving. So exactly. We'll keep an eye out for all of that. Mariana Sotomayor, congressional reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's it for this week. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.